Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today we're joined by Dr. Amatma, the holistic fertility doctor. Dr. Amatma supports badass power couples to create the family of their dreams. And she also trains doctors who want to specialize in fertility. In today's conversation, we discuss optimizing conception and pregnancy when you have autoimmunity. Dr. Amatma gives us simple steps to take and tests to consider to improve outcomes. And even if you aren't planning on having a baby anytime soon, our conversation will help you up-level your health. Dr. Amatma, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited as well. I love your work. I love your podcast. And I know listeners are going to get so much value out of this. So let's dig in. For those that are unfamiliar, you know, how did you get to be this fertility expert? <laughs> it's actually a funny story because I started as a naturopathic doctor. I was already in practice for quite some time. And it was, I kind of woke up married to this person that I had chosen to marry and he started talking about having children. <laughs> and it was the first time that I had even thought of it. Like it was just not on my radar at all. And I was like, oh crap, you're right. Like we should probably be thinking about this. And then I realized my intuition, my uterus, literally everything in my body was like, no. And <laughs> I was like, what? Is it him? Is it a no period? Like, what are we doing here? And I went kind of into a nine month rabbit hole of what, like kind of tuning in and trying to figure out, was it that I never wanted to have kids or was it that I didn't want to have them with him? And what I realized was it was him that I did not want to have kids with him. But it, it brought up for me this desire of like, actually, I really want to have a child. And if not with him, then what am I doing? Like, why am I married to him? So it, kind of led to a divorce, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but that process of like exploring, because what I remembered from medical school was literally your your fertility is good till 35. And after that, it drops off of a cliff and good luck for you. And I was like, well, 35 is pretty close. So what are we doing? So I kind of went down the ra research rabbit hole and, and realized that a lot of what we have talked about and told and ta even taught in medical school is based on a lot of myths that are not proven. And as I started talking to people about them, people like women kept coming up to me and were like, hey, you can help me with my fertility. And I was like, no, we're just talking myths. And <laughs> it, it kind of like 
evolved to the point where it is now like almost every single one of our clients is a fertility client. And it's become my passion because I feel like there is so little, there is so much evidence and there's so much evidence-based support that we could offer women, but in reality, that's not what's happening most of the time. So I really have tried to walk this line of like, we want to support women, we want to support couples to have healthy babies, but we also want to do it in the context of research-driven and as holistic as we can possibly get. So not like an anti-Western medicine, but how do we integrate, how do we make this work the best for the couple. Yeah, which is amazing. Oh my gosh. I love and I love your story. I have three kids. They're adults. And we just recently had this conversation of, you know, I don't know how to get them to understand, but when we're talking about choosing a mate, if you want to have a family or you think you may want to have a family, like that should be a criteria of like, this is a person like I have to have babies with you. Right. Like, and so I I just want to like touch on a, like how brilliant you are. (laughs) And, and all the time I'm talking with my clients and on the podcast about tuning in, right. Tapping Mm -hmm. into our intuition, listening to our bodies. You were like, I don't know if it was my uterus or what, you know, what part of me. Right. But Mm -hmm. Clearly, you were getting the signals. Something isn't right here to reproduce right now yeah. with this in this situation. And so I love that because that is it's so important for all of us. And I know that's not what we're going to get into. No, today. That's, <laughs> it's totally fine. I feel like the intuition piece is just so important because even clients that want to work with us, I'm like, I'm not here to sell you on working with us. Like go tune into your intuition and see if it's the right fit. And if it is, you're pretty much guaranteed to get pregnant. But if it's not like you're forcing something that's not tangibly there for you, then maybe don't do this. (laughs) Right. So yeah. And to, to touch on the lack of science in all of those myths, right? Because if you think about, you know, studies weren't done with women. So all of this quote unquote medical data wasn't really data, you know, but but I do love, and I had this last, then we're going to move forward. I promise. But I love that your rabbit hole, I I so wanted to say, was it nine months or was it 40 weeks? (laughs) It's pretty much like, (laughs) what's really interesting is when I look back at my life, every Uh single thing that I have done has been in like, the three trimesters, three trimester <laughs> type energy. It's like really bizarre. That. Like the big stuff in my life happens uh-huh. over a nine month period. It's like, it has to gestate, it has to grow, it has to like, and then it's like birthed into the world. It's really bizarre. But I feel like that's a really natural process that we often are like trying to rush things or we're like, oh no, I need to get this out of the door right now. But in reality, like, our our phases, the way that even I and I teach this to practitioners is like the way your business is going to be birth is going to be the same way that you grow a human in your body and then birth it. 
And that birthing process might be painful, <laughs> but Often. it needs to have like fully this gestated. beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and share with listeners as so did you miss your window was it too late for you to have no I ended up so I preserved quote unquote preserve my fertility I did all of the things that I figured out to do for other women and I did them for years actually and then finally met my now husband we even dated for like four years before we decided to have a child so you weren't and <laughs> Yeah, and I was 38 when I had my my little one. So it, it's yeah, I feel like, you know, it is it is possible that we choose what it is that we do and like who we reproduce with and and if it's like the the right time or not the right time. Like there's so many women out there that are asking these questions and I feel like the the go-to answer is, well, freeze your eggs and don't worry about it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that works, actually. <laughs> so. <laughs> it might not be option number one. Like, yeah. Let's not. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So I am guessing that at least a good number of the couples that come to you, one and at least one of them, if, and we'll kind of focus on mom, but it, it actually it could be could either be way. Either. Yeah, <laughs> um, have have autoimmunity or you know inflammatory issues. Yeah, yeah, like a very large percentage of them. If we include like generalized inflammation, that's a big percentage of the population that does not know they're they even have inflammation. Yeah. Well, I, I look at that as like the beginning of the spectrum, right? Like I, yes. I really, oh, you know, so somebody shows up and, you know, they're like, we want, you know, we're ready. This is the time we want to have our family. And I have, I'll throw Hashimoto's out just because I know there's, there's such mm -hmm. a, but pick any, yeah. I don't know that it matters. Yeah. All autoimmune conditions tend to have the same issue, which is, it's going to be harder to get pregnant and harder to stay pregnant. And because the so what's interesting to me is, with Hashimoto's, or with even like Crohn's disease, or lupus, there are a lot of antibodies that are floating around in the system. And it's bad enough that the antibodies are confused and attacking your thyroid, for example, but the same antibodies are then going to potentially attack the embryo that is forming and growing within you. And it's that shift is, is hard for a lot of people because that's going to lead to a pregnancy loss and like the way to prevent it is to get at the root, right? So Hashimoto's and even like dial that back and like, how did that happen? Right? How? Why do you have Hashimoto's? So really kind of dialing it in and getting at the root of the autoimmune will support a healthier pregnancy. I love and I that. Think, I think a lot of times in Western medicine, the standard of care is like, oh, we're just going to put you on prednisone. <laughs> and that's our solution. Right. And, and that is okay. If that if you're like already pregnant, and that's your last case, you know, like, let's try to do what we can. 
But if you know that that is the case, then you really have to question whether prednisone is the best approach. And I have, I just talked to someone this week who actually has been on cycling prednisone. <laughs> so basically, like, as soon as she ovulates, they put her on prednisone for two weeks. And then she gets off of it for two weeks. And then she's back on for two weeks and off of it. And I'm like, and how's that working out? And she's like, I feel crazy. Like, I, all was, the time. I, you see my eyes? I'm yes. like, no. I, <laughs> yeah. I, when I was in the decline part of my health journey, my kids, I like to think I was a very calm, I'm not a yeller, very mellow person. Prednisone in my family is called mean mommy medicine. <laughs> Because I had no patience. My kids were young. So like, that's why I, by the look on my face, mm -hmm. I can't imagine. Yeah. And it has a time and a place, you know, to, to manage, to manage symptoms. Yeah. But like you said, you know, it's... if you're managing, so, so for yeah. listeners that are in a place where they're either already trying to conceive, you know, and, and carry to term or they're like, okay, you know, I know within the next couple of years, but they haven't started to get to the root cause of what's going on with their autoimmunity. What are their drivers? It sounds like, you know, that's the place to start, which of course makes me so happy because this is what I want everybody to be doing anyway, <laughs> trying to conceive or not, right? right. Is, yeah, is like, absolutely. let's like, just turn this process around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I think a lot of times it's frustrating because doctors will literally say, well, if you have antibodies to your thyroid, there's nothing you can do about it anyway. So just leave it alone. And to me, I'm like, what? You know, no, turn off, make them <laughs> stop. <laughs> I have, they I, will. Have, they I have one patient who I've had, I've been working with her for almost 10 years. She's not trying to get pregnant. She's a super young woman. She's actually like working on preserving her fertility and wants to get pregnant in the next few years now. But so 10 years, this woman first walked into like we used to have a herbal dispensary and she walked into this dispensary and she, she was like, I don't know what to do. My hair's falling out. Like I have all of these symptoms. I can't swallow. I've been to like six different doctors plus the ER and they found nothing. And I'm looking at her like she has this massive goiter. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did they test your thyroid? And she's like, what? No, why? And I'm like, let's do some basic tests. And her TPO antibodies were like 780. That's oh kind of gosh. the highest I've ever seen in anyone. And she was like, oh, my God, you found it. And I'm like, oh, no, this is just the beginning. <laughs> like, if you have this, then we need to figure out what else Why? is happening. Yeah. And, and sure enough, within like a couple of weeks, her antibodies went down. The goiter went down. She was able, able to swallow again. Like... It just seems crazy to me that six different doctors, the ER that has access to so much technology, and they couldn't like Run see this test. massive goiter in her neck. Like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. So That's, that is so crazy. But think about what a blessing for her 
that, as you said, and that was 10 years ago, but, you know, as she's starting to consider that she's almost ready to start a family, she's managed all of that because, you know, that, that could be, you know, who knows how many miscarriages she's avoiding down the road. So, so what are, I, I would imagine most listeners and it's probably same for you are already kind of on that path, right? Of their, their, oh, the pups are chiming in. They are looking for root cause or working on root causes. I used to say root cause all the time. I'm like, when is it just one? It's not. So hopefully they're already taking steps to identify and start to manage, but you know, and I know they're commonalities. Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, are there, is there, if somebody's trying to conceive, is there a, a particular way of eating or yeah. diet, nutrient plan, you know, what yeah. do you tell people to do? I think, I think a general, a good general starting point is the AIP diet. And okay. that's the autoimmune protocol diet. The main things on there, there's it's it gets very like nitty gritty, but the main yeah. things on there are like avoid gluten, avoid soy, avoid dairy, avoid sugar and corn. Those are the five big ones, right? So that helps to at least get to the point of like instant reduction of inflammation. And, and then we can actually start like do some more tests and try to figure out like, do you have food sensitivities? Is there intestinal permeability issues that are going to then support or make worse the antibodies that your body is creating? So I think that it's a good plug. The AIP AIP is like an instant, like, let's get at this as quickly as we can. Yes. And then we can like figure out more details. And I've seen, I've seen antibodies that people are making because of food sensitivities to like beef, which yes. is crazy. Or spinach or, <laughs> or spinach you know, or kale or like yes. all the things that you're like, what? We shouldn't be reacting to this, but it, really doesn't matter like your body can literally react to any any food that you consume well but i think the mm-hmm. once we have leaky gut i mean that is what happens mm-hmm. and i love that you you're like you know start because i am a i'm an aip coach and and i used to when people weren't getting the results i was expecting then add in food sensitivity tests and and mm-hmm. you know focus and more on the gut. And now it's like, no, we just do that up front because I know if you, if you have autoimmunity, you have leaky gut, unless you've already done the work to heal it. Yeah. I joke, even a few years ago, I did a food sensitivity panel and I was like, oh, there's Wednesday night dinner, you know, it was salmon and broccoli and garlic and, you know, it was like, yeah, spinach, you know, all right, the things. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but that's what happens is, you know, once, the leaky gut is there and and it is if you have autoimmunity you you have it i mean you or yeah. you have had it so and i love that you clarified too because people look at aip and they get so overwhelmed because it is really in depth and intense and and, and you love- honestly and you need a coach if you're going to do that really well you need someone yeah. like julie who is going to support you through it because it can be super overwhelming it can be and and then people tend to get stuck 
Mm-hmm. In the elimination phase, we forget it's a phase, right? Like we're talking <laughs> about, you know, trimesters and, yeah, and yeah. growing a human time frame. You know, and we're not supposed to be in the elimination phase for the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I love that whole figuring it out. Like, take that does it like just drops that inflammation down to a certain level where then you yeah. can really dig in and get to yeah. what else is going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it helps to like lower the the body burden in some ways so that you're you can really start sifting through like, oh, when I eliminate these things, then my inflammation is lower and I'm not as reactive to everything. Right. right. It can well, then it can, can really like notice. cool it down a little. Yeah. And you can notice, you know, if you're reacting to 20 things all the time, I I joke, I know most listeners aren't old enough, but the, I I think of it as like that fuzzy TV screen, you know, when the antenna wasn't right when I was a kid, Mm. as far as like, it's just your body's being bombarded by too many sources of inflammation. And so if you can start to get some of them lower, then you can really hear the signals. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the other thing with autoimmune conditions, specifically from the relationship to fertility, is around toxins and mold. You read my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So those are the other big ones that we want to make sure, like, you don't have a huge toxin burden because that is going to make it much more likely that your immune system is overreacting to things that it shouldn't be reacting to. So that's important. And then like we've seen this relatively often, like mold comes up frequently. I'm sure you see that a lot too. And that is also in some ways, that's just like your immune system trying to fight off whatever this external stimuli is and then going haywire and being like, oops, sorry, I didn't realize your thyroid shouldn't be the thing I attack. Or your embryo <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> yes, or yeah, embryo if or... the body is in fight mode, you know, I, I love, and we're speaking because this is my podcast. We're <laughs> talking about autoimmune, autoimmunity specifically, but I have a client who I just started working with a few weeks ago. She is getting married and knows they want to conceive right away. Mm-hmm. And she's healthy. She just found functional medicine. So she's up leveling. And, you know, sure enough. So it's, we, you know, these are things that to us are so common with autoimmunity. But I'm guessing when it comes to toxins, everybody considering conceiving or getting ready to conceive, that needs to really be on their radar as well. Yeah. Because, you know, we're, if you're living on this planet, chances are pretty good you're holding on to some toxins. Yeah, and you, like we're exposed to I think so I had I had interviewed this awesome doctor on my podcast. Can't remember her name, but she's from Canada. And she was like, we're exposed to 80,000 toxins on very low levels every single day. Yeah. 80,000. I was like, and they're are you cumulative. Serious? Like, that's like that's what people so don't more. understand is like you, you mentioned body burden and that's what it is. So you may not have some extreme level of one particular toxin, Yeah, but to the body, it's still, there's a cumulative effect. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's really like with fertility, 
the body is, if the body is in survival mode, it's not thriving. If you're not thriving, guess what? The, the quickest, easiest, simplest thing to turn off is reproduction. It's not, necess- it's not a necessity for your survival. It's necessary for the survival of the human race, but it's not necessary for you to continue to exist on this planet. So the body says that ah, I have too much to deal with. Turn that off. <laughs> like that's not a necessary function. And it just, it's like as simple as light switch off. I don't want to deal. And it can like, I don't have maintain. the resources right, to do totally. that. Yeah. So I so, have to, that you, that was like the perfect segue. I wasn't even planning yes. on it, but we have to go there now, you know, survival mode, I think of yeah. chronic stress, right. You know, yes, it's, yeah. it's so easy to, to, you know, we've got food, we've got talks and they're all important, but what, you know, what do you say about managing stress or evaluating stressors? Yeah, that's self-care. a good point. So I think, I think we have to view the things that we've been talking about are stressors in the body, right? right? So metabolic stressors or internal stressors that have to do with our immune system, the liver not functioning, the toxins that we're exposed to, the food that we ate, you know, like all of those are, are to a certain degree, a stressor. And then we have the external stressors, quote unquote, that are our boss that we don't like, or the job that's super high pressure, or the relationship that's strained for whatever reason. And those are all going to be stressors in a different way, but still impacting our adrenals, which then impacts everything else in the body. So at the core of it, like supporting the cortisol and melatonin pathways are going to support healing the body on a fundamental level and are going to make you more stress resilient, which is a fancy way of saying like, you're not necessarily getting rid of all of the stress because most of it isn't going anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like your body's still like, you're still breathing the air in that you breathe in. But if you can lower the burden, the total toxin burden on all levels And if you can build in some extra stress resilience, now your body has the capability to say, hey, I can shift from survival into thriving and I'm okay to turn this reproductive switch back on. So we really have to get to that point of like all the other stuff is taken care of and the body, and honestly, we're saying body because we're focusing on women, but it's just as important for the the male partner, if you have a partner, to both of you really get to this place of everything else is pro pro thriving. I don't I, I, I don't want to I don't know exactly what to call yeah. it, but it's like there isn't a signal in your body that's like saying, "Oh my god, if I do this one thing, I'm going to freak out or I'm going to die." Essentially, right, right, which is, is the the signal. You know, I always say like the, the there is no stress response sy- system that's different for you know I'm late for this appointment versus like there's a tiger on my rear end. <laughs> like <laughs> in internally, you get that same response no yes. matter what. Yes. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Is there is there something you like couples 
to do? Well, because I'm thinking as we're talking about this, like even if somebody is doing all the work and has checked all the boxes, if they'll, they're already in a cycle of fertility struggles, that's such a big stressor. Yeah. And I remember stress. Yeah. The fertility when stress. I was is, trying to have a baby yeah. and the doctors would say, you know, just relax, it'll happen. And it's like, well, and, it's no and you want to punch to that person. Yes, yes. You totally want to punch the person that's yeah. telling you to just relax. So that's an extra level of chronic stress that that somebody is is needing to manage. And I love that you pointed out it's really about building resilience. It's the same thing with all like resilience to talk, all of it, right? Reducing yeah. the burden enough to get that resilience because I I have yet to find anybody who successfully lives in a bubble, you know, on an yeah, island. Totally <laughs> stress-free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but do you have like a starting point for people or something for people to consider, you know, if they're already in that, because it can be intense trying mm-hmm. to start mm-hmm. a family. Yeah. So I think Uh, My advice to a lot of couples is do the testing up front, right? A lot of times doctors are like, well, you're under the age of 35. You can try for 12 months unsuccessfully before we will test your hormones and sperm. (laughs) And sperm often waits for like two years sometimes. Like, oh, you're fine. You're only 30. I'm like, I've seen... 25 year old men with super crappy sperm. Especially these days. (laughs) Yeah. So like age has barely anything to do with it. So my advice. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So my advice is really to do that testing upfront. Maybe you give it like two months of trying and you're like, okay, like, let's just test and know. And when you know, you have more power to do something about it. Yes. And it doesn't mean you have something wrong. Like a lot of times people are like, I don't want to test because I don't want to know if something's wrong with me. And I'm like, well, so then you'd rather wait for an entire year where you're constantly on this roller coaster of, am I pregnant? Crap, I'm not pregnant again. And you go through that cycle over and over again. It's brutal. (laughs) Only to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you're still going to, at that point, go to test anyway. Yeah. And so save like yourself. You said, that knowledge is power because, it's a, you know, most of what the tests are going to turn up are things you can do something about. You yeah. know, I, and, and that just brings up the, the healthcare system, the traditional healthcare system really hasn't changed since all those myths. <laughs> I I know somebody who's young who miscarried last week. Mm-hmm. And when she went to the doctor, they said, well, we're not going to do any testing until you have your third miscarriage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I'm who sorry. Wants to wait for what? three miscarriages. That's yes. horrible. It's hard. It's awful. It's awful. And it's I like, think that it's really like, it's it's hard to be in multiple ways in this, right? Like as the the client that's going through this process and they're going to their doctor and the doctor is like, oh no, you're fine. You can do this testing later. And, and then you're like, okay, I guess that's normal. And I should like stop worrying about it. And maybe it's okay that I have three miscarriages, but your body is every single time you have a loss, 
it's going into survival mode, right? right? It's literally like, oh my God, I'm dying. And that degree of stress is going to make another loss that much more likely. So if we're not healing in between, like you have a loss, fine, it happened once. Let's figure out why it happened. And yes, there are lots of reasons why miscarriages happen. And like, I'm just like, don't believe your doctors. <laughs> don't believe them. Because- oh, I got so angry when I heard that last week. I was like, you've yeah. got to be kidding me. Like, yeah. That, yeah, it's no. it's really common. And and like I was just talking to a colleague of mine who is trained as a naturopathic doctor. She's really smart. And she had a miscarriage. She went to the doctor. Her OB was like, oh, no worries. Just try again. It'll be fine. Just give it two months and then you'll be fine. And sure enough, she's pregnant again. And I was like, crap, like you didn't think to pause and do (laughs) any testing. And I like I she's one of my really good friends. I hope it works out for her. But I'm also like, this is the the problem with our system. And it's so global. And unless you're in this field where you're like, wait, I'm going to think about this differently, even for yourself, it is so traumatic to be like, yeah, let's just try again. And hopefully it's fine. And honestly, like she's 40. She doesn't have time to try again if this is another situation. So I'm knocking on wood, like not wishing this upon her at all. Sure. But it's just an example of like the even the most knowledgeable, skilled people are being given this message of like, it's okay, just try again. And to me, if I were to go through that, I would really just be like, that's not good enough. (laughs) Like, I don't want to go through this again. It's painful. It's emotionally draining. And it's just bad medicine. Like it's completely disgraceful that we even have the nerve to tell women to go through three miscarriages before they do something about it. Yeah. And the level of testing, the level of testing that they do is like still the tip of the iceberg and it accounts only for like 10% of the losses. So the other 90%, they're going to say, sorry, unexplained miscarriage. And there are still tests that they should be doing for that other 90% that never get done. So, so sorry, I went on a rant. No, don't, don't be sorry. Can you share with us some of those Yes. things that so, people could be asking for. Totally. For. I think I think looking for autoimmune conditions should mm-hmm. be at the top of the list, right? So we're doing these like super heavy duty genetic tests before <laughs> doing the basics, which yes. is autoimmune, like just test ANA. It's like a $15 test, anti-nuclear antibodies. That's a very global marker for autoimmune conditions. It's almost always going to be elevated if you have some sort of autoimmune. And you don't need to know exactly which autoimmune it is. If you know that it's autoimmune, then you can like work deeper on that. Uh, can you say so. that again? I love. <laughs> yes. If 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 you have if ANA anti nuclear antibodies come out positive, 
then you have some autoimmune condition. You don't, at that point, you may not know exactly which one. However, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. matter. (laughs) It's like autoimmune is autoimmune is autoimmune. And you're going to approach it the same way, regardless of which autoimmune it is. Granted, you might want to know, you might want to be like, actually, I have these joint pains and that might, it might help me to know that I have rheumatoid arthritis, not lupus. But at the end of the day, the, the protocol, the approach to healing it in your body is going to be pretty identical regardless of what it is. So ANA, like kind of the tip of the iceberg, the simplest, easiest, cheapest test that you can get is not happening as part of the recurrent pregnancy loss list of tests. So that's number one. (laughs) Number two is testing the guys. So DNA fragmentation on the guys. And what we do in our practice is something called homocysteine, inflammation markers, Mm -hmm. CRP, et cetera, and blood sugar and insulin. And those believe it or not, have been connected to pregnancy loss. So what they have found, and this is a crazy, crazy wild story, because the whole time I've been working in fertility, pregnancy loss has always been a big percentage of it. And I love it because I hate the idea that anyone goes through this more than once. So we we were testing all of the guys on all of these markers. And I noticed very early on, I was like, wait, almost every single guy that we test with a partner who has had a loss has either high homocysteine or high blood sugar levels or high insulin. I have goosebumps. (laughs) Why don't people know this? (laughs) Even there are like hundreds of doctors that I tell this to and they're like, what? You just blew my mind. And so for years I was like, I swear I'm crazy, but this is a pattern. (sighs) Like I swear this is a pattern. And two years ago, we, I started seeing the studies coming out saying the exact same thing, homocysteine and blood sugar are connected in the male to pregnancy loss in the female. And what's exciting about that is because, A, it's really super easy to fix. Yeah. But B, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the male partner. And most of these guys have really great sperm. So it's never caught on a sperm test. Never, ever, ever does it show up as like, oh, your sperm are not so great. Maybe you should do something about it. No, these markers are completely independent, yet it is impacting the outcome of the pregnancy. And there are studies on that show that it's impacting the outcome of the pregnancy. Well, and even (laughs) even beyond that, if if you think about once they have, you know, a healthy pregnancy that results in a baby. Yeah. These guys are going to be so much healthier long term yeah. because a like you said these are easy things to fix once you know they're there and they're so important. I mean, yeah. you don't want high homocysteine and you certainly yeah. don't want high blood sugar which sugar. is way too common these days. Oh my goodness. And and the number of times guys are and I'm like I've repeatedly told guys like, "Oh, you're borderline diabetic." Did your doctor talk to you about that? They're like, no. What are you talking about? I'm not pre-diabetic. I'm like, well, first of all, you have all this abdominal weight. (laughs) We're going to need to do something about that. But 
Second of all, like, here's your lab test. It says right on the lab, like, you're pre-diabetic, right? Here's your A1C right there. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to need to do something about it. And a majority of the time, they we had one guy, the woman has PCOS. So inherently, she had some things leading into the, pro- the issue. But they've been on this journey for three years, three miscarriages, no, like never been tested for anything outside of her hormones and like, sure. oh, you're not getting pregnant because it's PCOS. Right. The guy comes in and I'm like, this dude is like 30 pounds overweight. And I'm like, sure he's, yeah, it's true, he's got blood sugar issues. He doesn't have enough testosterone, like all these things, uh-huh. right? And I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> so within like a cheating month, for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yes, we want to work on her PCOS, but we really need to work over here and get him to the point where he feels amazing. And the funniest part was we worked with him for a couple of months. He lost, he lost like 45 pounds in three months or something like that. And we had, we essentially didn't do anything except eat healthier, right? Like there was no diet. There was no like massive change. It was just like, here's the guidelines. Eat anything you like on this guideline. Real food. Eat some real food. (laughs) Yeah. And, and his blood sugar levels went down. His homocysteine went down. And the best part was... So I didn't tell you, but I couldn't actually stay erect. Oh, that'll also make it harder to conceive. Like never told, (laughs) like hasn't talked about it. It wasn't like a thing. Yeah. But he's like, oh, yeah, that fixed itself. And I was like, what? That's amazing. (laughs) So it's, you know, I feel like I'm getting super excited because I feel like the male part of this is so ignored but the minute you start paying attention to it massively different outcomes they got pregnant in four months they're in their like late later part of their second trimester so they're doing really really well they're past like every miscarriage she's ever had and and they got pregnant in four months (laughs) it's like it doesn't have to take forever right it's like when you do the things that can click into place quickly, it doesn't have to take a year. It doesn't even have to take six months. It can be super fast, efficient, but also like going to increase the outcome of you having a healthy baby. Which is so amazing. And what I love the most about this conversation is you know, yes, the the gift of helping people have families, but really, this is actual, truly preventative medicine. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> this is why I got into this. It's totally why I got into this. So, I didn't I didn't know it when I was going through my fertility questions, but my mom had passed away from cancer, and I had done all this research and study and training, honestly, in cancer therapy. And I thought I was going to be a cancer specialist because my mom had been through it. Right. And I realized that what I was really passionate about is like, how do we prevent all of it? So when all the fertility stuff came up and, and at like at some point I started crying because I couldn't have put all of those things together better. Right. But yeah. it was a big part of just like, couldn't we have a healthier planet and healthier children and healthier families 
that these guys no longer are pre-diabetic and right. they now have a longer lifespan, a, long, a healthier lifespan well, just from going through fertility issues. And then that means the whole family is going to be eating real food and the whole family is going to be aware of toxins and the whole family. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how yeah. we get to the healthier planet. That's always my most exciting part. It's the trickle down. It's that butterfly effect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you're starting out like, you know, these kiddos aren't going to have to course correct. They're, <laughs> the, these families are just on yeah. the right path. Yeah. And, and I tell amazing. them all the time, I'm like, please keep doing this after you have your child. Right. Like, don't forget. Like, yeah, yeah. It's really easy to get like, oh, we're busy. Oh, the stress of like having a new child. But I think sustaining as much as you can or even like, weaving in as many of these lifestyle things as you can continue doing, yes. you're going to have a healthier life because of it. Yeah. And you know, cause we talk off air about, you know, it's a process, right? Like <laughs> I'm still working on it. You're still working on it. Mm, like it is always a work in progress. <laughs> it is. It's, it is. It's a process. Well, yeah. clearly the universe had intentions for you and your gifts. And I'm so grateful that, I know I I can only imagine I wish when I was wanting to start my family and struggling that that I had had you but you weren't doing this yet (laughs) back then because I'm older than you (laughs) so but it is it it is such a gift to to everybody and to the future and I'm so so grateful that you joined us today to to share some of your sunshine and light and and knowledge with us is amazing so what is one step that listeners can take today? And I, well, I did, we just were talking about, yes, this was about fertility, right? And, mm-hmm. But anybody, whether you're like me and you are way past having your children, what's one thing people can, can do today to start to improve their health? I think, I think the lowest hanging fruit is toxin lowering the toxin burden, right? And I think that that can happen in a lot of subtle ways. So that is a really good starting point. And we didn't get into like all the toxins that are in the environment. So I'm happy to share with all of your listeners the Divas Detox Guide, which is basically a PDF I created to like walk them through every part of their house to detox all the stuff that affects fertility. I love that. And I don't think it's out yet, but this is what we talk about together on your podcast yes. as well. Yeah, so we've talked about it. If yeah. you want to do a deeper dive with both of us on yeah. toxins. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Actually, we could, I don't, we, we can coordinate. We can link my podcast yeah, to we'll yours if you want to do back and that forth. Would be great. I feel like they, we talked so much about the toxins that are affecting fertility. Yes. And it would be really great for people to be able to hear that because it's just like we didn't get into it. And (laughs) there's other content out there. So (laughs) I love it. And we'll link to to the guide and and what a what a great gift. And I love that you that you were like clear about like the smallest steps we can take. Because again it's a process. And mm-hmm. so it can be overwhelming yeah. if you think, Oh my gosh, I need to be totally taught. Like <laughs> again, can't achieve toxin free if you're living on the planet. So just taking those, those small, I'll even add imperfect steps, <laughs> you know, still really do move that needle. Yeah. 
progress over perfection. Yes. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so before we wrap up for people listening on the go that aren't mm-hmm. going to check the show notes, where's the best place for them to find you? On Instagram at holistic fertility doctor, you there's like tons and tons of content on there. And you're welcome to DM me if you're like, hey, you said this thing, I have a question, whatever. We're very much active on Instagram. And Dr. Amatma is, she is just the kindest, most generous soul. So really hit her up if you have questions. And if you are listening to this and you are in that place where you are getting ready to start a family, seriously connect with her. She is amazing. And she helps so many people reach that dream. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for having me and letting me share this with that. Gosh, like the things that you support people with, the fertility, there's just so many pieces that I feel like connecting the dots and like having us all working together to achieve this like vision that we all have for a healthier planet is, it's happening. It will happen. (laughs) This is why we have these conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Amatma, thank you so much. You've shared amazing gold with us today. Thank you. For everyone listening, remember you can get the show notes and transcripts by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guest. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.